Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 33 of The Revenge of Kang. Today concludes chapter 11. Today concludes our hero's expedition to Snake House. Today is the day when our heroes do what no one else has ever done in the history of the Kokri, ever since that first fateful snake day so long ago, and exit the main complex to get away from these goddamn snakes. Nonetheless, despite the drama, the contents of this page, uh, it's not so interesting. It's exactly what you'd expect. No big surprises on the surface. Think of this page as a, a, a puddle of liquid with a whole bunch of snakes in it. On the surface, it's nothing but snakes. The snakes of indifference. But then underneath, syrup. Listen, this analogy is going to make a lot more sense once I start reading the page, so let me just do that. You'll recall that we left our heroes standing before the door to the very last chamber of the lower level of the main complex, aka Snake House. As they'll know if they've kept their bearings since entering, once they go into this room, on the far side of the room there's going to be an exit, and that is the exit they're seeking. Once they come out, they'll be free of Snake House forever, and depending on their path through this adventure, if they're still captives of the Kokri, they will be exonerated or at least pardoned, and they'll finally be done fucking around with the Kokri. Truly the best and only treasure to be found in this dungeon. I blew the reveal a little bit last time because I just had to talk about the ridiculousness of the Kokri progenitors leaving behind an infinite food machine, which is what they've got running in this nutrient center, when you're in such a, a dismal and threatening, hard-to-survive environment as the shitty pocket dimension. But there is more to that story. We're going to get it today, and I'm going to start by reading you the complete account of what's in the Nutrient Center. Now pay close attention, because there's a clue here, a subtle detail that changed my whole understanding of what's going on with the Kokri. So catch it if you can. Quote, Large machines in this area used to extract minerals from the ground and process them into a sugary syrup, which the Quokrillians would then process into edible synthetic foodstuffs. These machines still function, but some of the pipes that carried the nutrients have long since rusted away, spilling the syrup produced by the machines all over the floor of the chamber. This freely flowing syrup has attracted the vast majority of the acid snakes that still inhabit the complex to this area. The nutrient lab is five areas long by three areas wide, and each area contains ten of the ten-foot-long snakes. Then we get the snake's attributes, which are not very material. To continue, quote, Anyone looking out onto the sea of snakes sees a huge puddle of the pink liquid covering the entire chamber and floating in it several skeletons that obviously once belonged to Kokri, apparently the previous victims of the Test of Courage. The snakes will not leave the nutrient chamber unless they are attacked, and it is impossible to reach the back door without confronting the beasties. One possible solution is to attempt to kill off enough snakes to make a break for the door. So there's this door we gotta get to, there's this huge puddle filling the whole room, it's full of deadly acid snakes, and we have a decision to make. Three options, I guess. Number one, give up and die. Not a characteristic superhero decision, but this is not a characteristic superhero situation. This is more like a D&D module. And anyway, we're on the planet of the Kokri, whose motto, as I recall, is quit, suffer, die. So who knows? It's on the table. Option number two, we could just go in swinging and just beat the shit out of these snakes like it's one big low-to-the-ground bar fight. We can just fist fight these snakes or use whatever other superpowers we have to combat them. And there are some detailed rules for this. If you attack the snakes from afar, then they'll start swarming out of the door. 
doesn't concern us, because what most groups will choose almost certainly is option number three. These snakes are all in a puddle of liquid. And if you remember a couple of details from elsewhere in this level of the dungeon, there is a live wire that we found just lying in a different puddle somewhere. And there is an electronics lab, which was fully stocked, but the GM didn't have any specific details about what's in this fully stocked lab, except that it contains 500 feet of insulated, excellent material strength cable. So if anybody remembers that little tidbit, it's easy enough to hook up the cable to an electrical source, run it to this room, put it in the puddle, and electrocute all the snakes. Is this going to be your proudest moment as a superhero? No. Are you going to take home a wheelbarrow full of charred snakes to go put up in the trophy room at West Coast Avengers Mansion? No. But you'll be through with this bullshit, and that's what matters. It's a very simple kind of puzzle. If you don't solve it, then you got to fist fight snakes, which is going to be a pain in the ass, but probably not lethal. None of, none of that matters. None of this. And then just to finish off what actually happens on this page, in addition to the snakes, uh, there's another laser trap on the back door, just like there was on the front door. But anyway, makes no difference. Our heroes will have no trouble getting past it. And quote, if the heroes were brought to the complex by the Kokri to undergo the trial of courage, they successfully pass when they emerge. In this case, the astonished Kokri, remember no one has ever passed this test, will declare them innocent and become friendly. From this point on, the Kokri will not interfere with the heroes, but will not help them in any way either. Which is fine by me. I didn't come here trying to make friends. I'm here to fight Kang, wherever he is. And I don't need the fucking Gungans to decide that they're my best bomb buddies and have my back during that. I just assume they fuck off, and fuck off they will. That doesn't matter right now. What matters is this passage, which I'll, I'll, I'll give it another pass. Quote, Anyone looking out onto the Sea of Snakes sees a huge puddle of the pink liquid covering the entire chamber. Please compare that passage to a passage from the previous page. Quote, These machines still function, but some of the pipes that carried the nutrients have long since rusted away, spilling the syrup produced by the machines all over the floor of the chamber. Then, please compare this third passage from the previous page in reference to the fluid puddle that we may or may not have electrocuted ourselves by stepping into earlier. Quote, Covering the floor in this area is a huge puddle of pink fluid stretching across the entire width of the corridor. The fluid leaked out of a pipe in the ceiling and was once used in the complex's cooling system. Please note that does not say that the pipe was used in the cooling system. It says that the fluid specifically was used in the cooling system. So all right, we got skeletons floating in the nutrient chamber. That's how deep the puddle of liquid is. So this doesn't mean covers the floor like there are specks of it everywhere, or there are little puddles here and there from wall to wall. It means it covers the floor. There is a pool of this fluid. It is a pink fluid. The fluid in the nutrient chamber appears to be the same as the fluid in the hallway. There is only one conclusion to draw here. These motherfuckers were drinking the coolant in this facility. Uh, it's pink. It's sweet. Let's not pretend that there's no one among our number in this species who's felt this sort of urge. Haven't we all had the urge to drink the Fabuloso in the cleaning aisle at the grocery store? Of course we have. Of course we have. It's bright fucking purple. That shit is the most delicious looking all-purpose cleaner I've ever laid eyes on. And it's just because it's a nice shade of purple. It's attractively packaged. I don't even have the pressures of life isolated in a shithole dimension on me. Well, let me take that back. Uh, it's 2021. Of course, listen, let's not quibble over whether we live in the shithole dimension or a shithole dimension. My point is, Fabuloso All-Purpose Cleaner looks delicious, and I think that proves my point. The Coquillians, the progenitors of the Kokri, were here alone. They were bored. They were isolated. Every day they saw this sweet-smelling pink syrup flowing around. These people were scientists, which means they were well-equipped to rationalize their worst impulses. 
And I think they probably, at some point, one of them who had a little bit of a background in chemistry was like, you know what? There are nutrients in that pink stuff. And maybe technically there were. Maybe there were nutrients, but you still shouldn't drink coolant. That's the moral of today's episode. Learn from the cautionary tale of the Kokri. There were these great advanced aliens. They were isolated from their friends and family who could have told them this was a bad idea, all living together in this complex. They decided to start drinking the pink coolant because it had something that qualified as nutrients in it, and it fucked up their brains. And then when Snake Day came, they weren't ready. I think if they had been in their right minds, they could have dealt with one snake infestation and carried on civilization as usual, but it wasn't about the snakes. This was a, this was a disaster waiting to happen. Whatever was the first community-wide bad thing that happened to these Quaquillians was destined to destroy them because they were all fucked up on pink coolant. This also explains how their bodies changed so quickly so that we end up with these weird-looking, big-brain, psychic Kokri with powers the Quaquillians never had. Sure, that could be a natural process of evolution, but we're talking about a population that has gone from eight people running out of a snake-infested building to like 50 people now. That doesn't seem like there's enough distance to account for this vast physical change. Getting mutated by coolant, though? People are getting mutated by all kinds of things all the time in the Marvel Universe. It would be totally in keeping with the rules of this reality. So I think this is the secret reason for the decline of the Kokri Empire here in the shitty pocket dimension. They were bored. They were decadent. They rationalized their worst impulses. They started drinking coolant, probably as a joke at first. Next thing you know, they were all huddling in the bushes in makeshift loincloths hiding from snakes. And what's more, this tragedy of hubris didn't just end with their lifetime. The first generation who left the complex were so fucked up on coolant, I think that explains why they didn't remember what happened to them well enough to pass it on to posterity. It's not that we've had generations of dumbasses here who never bothered to think or learn what's in like one of the two buildings we know about in existence. It's just that the original generation didn't remember. This is one of the problems with destroying your civilization by drinking coolant. You can't remember how your civilization ended because you were drinking coolant at the time. It's hard to translate this into like what is the dumbest thing in this page. I guess I'm going to say it is the use of pink liquid as coolant and as a food substance without comment. That leaves this whole hypothesis open to the bad faith reader, which I no doubt am. But honestly, I'm not mad about it. I'm glad that I have this to latch onto because it is much more plausible and interesting than the uh, what appears to be the official account of what happened to the Kokri. So I actually, I feel satisfied by this. I feel like, okay, if the coolant looked delicious, they gave in and drank it, gradually it fucked up their minds, and then eventually there was a huge snake disaster, and their fragile brains floating in cotton candy-flavored antifreeze were just not up to the task of dealing with snakes ever. I get it, and I'm willing to move on. Speaking of moving on, we are just about ready to move on past the Kokri, I'm happy to tell you. However, we do need to, appropriately for this adventure path, uh, take a quick jaunt back in time. We've been discussing the secret Zoomers here in the complex, at least a little bit. We were playing fast and loose with the secret Zoomers chronology there, though. Those events clearly have to take place after the Kokri attempt to execute the team. How did that go down? Well, join me next time to find out when we discuss Chapter 12, The Well of Pain, on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, 
is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband.